This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Here, here. Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Peter Cohen, who always has lots of things to say and great ways to say it. A little bit later, we'll be talking about security, not just Apple security, Microsoft security, but security in general. And what does the CIA know about us? We'll be talking to ethical hacker Dr. Timothy Summers on the Tech Night Out Live. Okay, Peter Cohen, as you know, in our second segment, we will be getting heavily into security, but do you probe that area much at all? Oh, you know, uh, no, I'm not an info security expert, that's for sure. But I do try to stay abreast of what's going on. Well, of course, we had this rumor here that a number of, was it, iCloud accounts were compromised recently. What's that all about? You know, it's interesting how this has been reported. Um, and I understand why it's being reported this way, but I, I, I've i got a, a problem with this. A group saying that it's uh, related to a Turkish crime family, apparently, calling itself Turkish crime family, something of that nature, uh, says that it has in its possession millions of, of compromised iCloud accounts. Now, What's funny about this is that it doesn't. Uh, Apple disputes that. Apple says, no, it doesn't. And when the hackers were questioned, they said, well, we don't have anything from Apple specifically. What we have are compromised security records from other service providers that reference iCloud accounts. And we assume that most people don't have very good security habits. So if they use that password there... They probably use the same password on iCloud. So just because your iCloud email account might be linked to another account that you've used in the past, that doesn't mean that your iCloud account is compromised. So It, I'm, it sounds I'm, like an indirect scheme, which is saying, well, a lot of people use the same password. So we assume that maybe their iCloud accounts are compromised, too. And I'm sure in thousands and thousands of cases, they're right, because people are notoriously lazy with passwords. But look, if you use a password management tool, or if you observe good security protocols and change your passwords on a periodic basis, you shouldn't have anything to worry about. And if you, if, if you at the very least, don't use the same password on every single service, then you should be okay. If you don't, then it's time to smell the coffee and, and get out of bed and, and, and get your button gear and start doing what you were supposed to do to begin with. Right. And if you use the iCloud keychain feature, when you said passwords online, Apple will suggest a very strong password for you. That's exactly right. And those passwords don't get reused from service to service. And of course, the best thing to do here is services that entail a financial risk or a risk to personal data, not just going to a site for information. 
but something that has a risk involved. Change it, make it unique. Be careful where you write the password down. Of course, remember, well, iCloud is going to remember it on your Mac and on your iPhone. And look, I, I recognize that password management is a hassle for a lot of us. And, and yeah, a lot of us don't want to be burdened with complicated passwords for every single service that we use. And iCloud Keychain has certainly made it easy. Uh, if you're uh, familiar with the, the utility 1Password or the service LastPass, those are good alternatives as well. There are a lot of them out there. Even going so far as to just buy a small paper notebook, a lined notebook, you know, like a diary or or or, or that sort of thing, and and writing your your passwords down in that should be sufficient because unless your home life is really toxic and you've got a bad situation, you're probably not trying to protect your account passwords from somebody who you live with, like a spouse or a significant other or or kids or parents. Chances are you're you're trying to keep that password safe from the same people that the rest of us are trying to keep that password safe from. That is people in China or Russia who might be trying to come up with money-making schemes by scamming passwords or installing uh, botnets and so on. Those are the people who you really want to be able to keep your passwords safe from. And from, from that perspective, writing it down on a piece of paper and sticking it in a drawer where it'll be safe someplace is safe and it's a good thing to do. But if you want to automate it, there are a lot of ways to do it. iCloud Keychain is, is one great way that I actually rely on quite extensively. So I, um, I, I definitely appreciate its use, and, and I, uh, I suggest that people look into it. Now, I'll give you one instance where something weird happened with somebody's passwords. I have a relative, and she keeps her passwords in a little notebook in her bedroom. And a repair person was coming from the apartment complex to fix something. And I guess she went away from the house. I don't think when a repair person's in your home, you should be away. Okay? Not that I don't trust anybody, but... I don't trust anybody, so yeah. What the heck? Yeah. So she goes away, and this person has come before, has been trustworthy, which proves nothing. He took the opportunity to steal that notebook and tried to engage in identity theft. She called the police. She got a call from a car dealer that she had dealt with where somebody was trying to get a car loan in her name. I suppose knowing the name of this person, if he had a real address, he is now facing something. But that was a careless thing to do. If someone's coming to your house, I don't want to leave keys. Even technically, with a apartment development, they usually require as part of the lease that they have access to your home. I don't want anyone in there unless I'm there. At least, if something happens, at least I had the opportunity to protect myself. Absolutely. And yeah, I completely agree with you, Gene. Obviously, your friend's situation is a little bit of an edge case. You know, it's not every day that that a service person is going to be inside of our house to begin with. And it's very unusual for, for somebody to... Um, to, 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 to take something like that that isn't theirs and then try to um, uh, steal somebody's identity or what have you. So edge case aside, 
you know, obviously you, you can only protect yourself as, as much as you can reasonably protect yourself. Um, I, I wouldn't obviously leave a book that says passwords on the front of it uh, sitting in plain sight on a coffee table. Uh, you know, like I said, put it in a, a secure drawer someplace where you know where it is, but maybe nobody else does. But in the same token, you know, stuff like this just goes to show you the depths that some people will go um, to try to take advantage of other people. It's it's really grotesque and it's an awful thing, but it's also a sign of the times. In another situation, I know somebody who used to, I don't know if he does it anymore, I haven't been there in a while. He used to put his passwords in sticky notes on his computer. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, yeah, that probably not the best idea. And then routinely, he'd forget his password anyway, or the sticky note would be wrong. So if I put up a sticky note there to fool somebody, well, that wasn't deliberate in his case. Key is here is that Apple is also pushing, by the way, two-factor authentication. That I two-factor seem- authentication, yeah, is 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 something that I, I, Apple's implementation leaves me a little bit cold. I've had some problems with two-factor authentication, especially on older Apple devices like my uh, second and third gen Apple TVs. Just doesn't work at all. But um, two-factor uh, verification, uh, two-factor authentication, or two-factor verification is a very important security protocol that more and more um, companies are adopting, and I, I think with good reason. You know, it's it's uh, not foolproof, but it is it it goes a long way to make sure that your data stays safe and 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 uh, that nobody is making changes to your stuff except you. What that means, folks, of course, is that you need two devices to log in. So, for example, if you log in on your Mac, maybe it will send the key code to your iPhone. And I suppose with some systems that are not Apple, it could be done with an Android phone. We'll see. We've got Peter Cohen, outspoken blogger and podcaster, with more to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. 
ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. I am Kelly Cook, the Chief Marketing Officer here at Kmart. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies in the United States or that survivors can face a lifetime of serious health problems? Guess what? You can help. Join me and Kmart for the March for Babies Walk. We'll work together to raise funds for research and programs that help the March of Dimes fight premature birth and birth defects and improve the health of moms and babies. So start your team today at marchforbabies.org. Today. How to incorporate your business in just 10 minutes so you won't lose everything if you get sued. Step 1. Stop putting it off. If you're not incorporated and someone sues your business tomorrow, it's not just your business at risk. You can lose everything. Your home, your car, even your life savings. Step 2. Call the following number for a free 10-minute incorporation guide from Incorporate.com. 1-800-945-1063. They don't provide legal or financial advice. They just make incorporating quick and easy. So you can incorporate or form an LLC in just 10 minutes. That number again is 1-800-945-1063. Step 3. Congratulate yourself. By taking just 10 minutes to incorporate your business or form an LLC, you protected your home, your car, and your life savings. And that is how you incorporate your business in just 10 minutes. But hurry while they're still giving away these 10-minute incorporation guides for free. Call 1-800-945-1063. That's 1-800-945-1063. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com. Virtual care anywhere. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. Peter Cohen is with us. A reminder, the best way to support the Tech Night Owl Live is to become a member of Tech Night Owl Plus. We recently lowered the prices, so it starts at just $1.49 a week. You get the commercial-free version of this show with better quality audio. Starting again at $1.49 a week to learn more. With simple, well, relatively simple sign-up instructions, go to plus, P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com. To learn more, plus.technightowl.com. Peter Cohen is with us. We were talking about password protection in light of this crazy story that iCloud accounts may have been compromised. Now, obviously, when 
Apple responded to us, and Apple doesn't normally respond to anything, but when Apple responded to this story, they reminded people, you know, it doesn't hurt to change your password and to try two-factor authentication. I think Apple is pushing that more now. They certainly are. Two-factor authentication is uh, becoming, I think, increasingly important for not just for Apple, but for other vendors uh, to help try to get in front of this problem. So it, it makes a lot of sense that Apple would push it. Yeah, it's a good thing. Good thing Apple is, I guess, more attentive to security nowadays than they used to be. Some people feel that Apple kind of gave it short shrift. Yeah, and I think that Apple still has a way to go. I mean, Apple is not necessarily as communicative or as responsive as some members of the info security community would like them to be. Uh, but they're definitely trending in the right direction. And in fact, just this week, they posted a new white paper outlining some of the things that they're doing uh, with, with security that I think helps to uh, make them a little more transparent uh, to the people for whom this is a really important issue. There you go with that. And by the way, there was also that Wikipedia leak about supposed hacks by the CIA on iOS, but Apple said it all concerns stuff that was dealt with years ago. Yeah, if you're using an older device that hasn't been updated uh, to the most recent, uh, recently available operating system software, you may in fact be exposed to security issues. And this is why companies that run online services, uh, websites, ISPs, uh, financial service providers, um, healthcare providers, and so on will routinely lock out machines that are running older versions of software. It's not some conspiracy theory to try to force you to spend money on new gear that you don't need. In many cases, all they're trying to do is patch holes. They're, all they're trying to do is make sure that insecure systems are not able to log into their their services and potentially compromise them or uh, other client information. So, you know, I, I see this every so often with uh, people who are using uh, older versions of Mac operating system software or even older iPhone devices like iPhone 4s, for example, that still operate but can't be upgraded to the latest version of the operating system, uh, the iOS operating system. So be on the lookout for that. If you are using an older machine that you can't upgrade for whatever reason, can't get a newer version of a browser on it or can't update the operating system, uh, it, it, it's the sort of thing where you may have to think about budgeting uh, even an inexpensive lower-end replacement for what you than what you already have in order to continue to stay online and use the services that you're accustomed to. Now, the other day I ran across someone who was using like an early generation Android smartphone and they were complaining that the battery couldn't be charged. And I was suggesting, you know, instead of just buying a battery, why don't you get something newer? And I went into why Android security issues are difficult and why it's very difficult also to be assured you'll get the latest update. Although Samsung is now promising. I don't know if you read this. Samsung is claiming they're going to do something to feed updates more often to their customers. That's fine. But Samsung is still going to be Samsung isn't the gatekeeper. You know, obviously, the companies that, that are that are selling the phones and making the phones available to their customers, the uh, the cell service providers and so on can be the ones that get in the way there. So yeah, that, that's good. You know, and it's good to see everybody do that. Uh, absolutely. I definitely think that that should be a, a buying consideration for anybody uh, when they get a new computer or when they get a new smartphone or they get a new tablet. They should take an honest look 
at the ecosystem that they're buying into and make sure that it is as secure and safe for them to use as possible because all it takes is a little bit of carelessness and the next thing you know you can be exposed to ransomware to malware um you can have your identity hijacked any any manner of of problems and i i don't want to sound wild-eyed and hysterical these problems do happen to people every day because they make careless mistakes or uh, they use gear or software that's out of date and ransomware is especially difficult because it means suddenly someone takes control of your computer or portable device and the only way to release it is to pay the money i guess on a iPhone, you could restore it, though. Well, in any, kind of, in, in any kind of situation, you can typically restore from a backup that, or, or, or an archive that was made before uh, the ransomware infection and get right back to uh, where you were before. The trick is figuring out where, because in many cases, these uh, the, the, the software that's used um, can lay fallow for a while before it's actually activated. Um, so, yeah, yeah, you, you can definitely restore, but ransomware is, is a particular problem because typically what happens is you'll click on what you think is an innocuous link or you'll download some software that you think is, is innocuous. Uh, the ransomware gets injected onto your machine, um, maybe sideloaded or inserted somehow by that code, and then your entire computer is encrypted. And encryption, under normal circumstances, is is safe and good to use. In fact, uh, both of my portable computers, uh, both my MacBook Air and, and uh, my MacBook Pro, um, have FileVault, which is Apple's own whole disk encryption uh, system, and I. I wholeheartedly endorse it uh, if if you're worried about your stuff falling into other people's hands. But if you don't have the encryption key that was used to encrypt that drive, that data is useless to you. You're not going to get it back. Only very, very advanced, very expensive forensics, like the kind of government stuff that we were talking about before, uh, is even capable of restoring that and massive computing power as well because of the encryption keys that are being used. So unless you pay the ransomware uh, hackers, what they're looking for, you don't get the contents of your computer back. This caused major problems for hospitals, for school systems, for municipalities, where ransomware has infected not just one or two machines here and there, but entire buildings of machines. Um, It can be a really serious problem, and it can cost uh, businesses and individuals a lot of money to restore and recover from. Ain't easy out there, I'll tell you. It gets more and more difficult. Ain't easy. You know, and speaking of security, I wanted to ask you here, and maybe you could do this in a maybe you could do this in a user friendly way. And I know it's difficult. We've got something that Apple introduced last year at WWDC, the APFS, which is the Apple File System, which has now been migrated to iOS ten point three for iPhones and iPads. We got more to come with Peter Cohen on the Tech Night How Live. For listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. 
At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Have you ever wanted a shortcut to getting the underground secrets to making money online and seriously grow your business? Whether it's a new business, a part-time income, or an existing business, you have this incredible limited offer to get a copy of this Amazon best-selling book on dot-com success for free. Uncover the success factors to make your business ignite. Go to secretsignite.com. That's secretsignite.com. Get your free copy now. Go to secretsignite.com. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Visit GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-615-7709. That's 800-615-7709. 800-615-7709. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Attention. If you or a loved one had a total or reverse shoulder replacement between 2011 and 2016 and suffered serious complications, including dislocation and loosening, you may be entitled to substantial compensation. Evidence indicates that these devices can dislocate and loosen, causing severe pain and may require additional revision surgery. If you or a loved one had a total or reverse shoulder replacement and suffered a dislocation and loosening requirement, Requiring a revision, call 800-598-0696. If you or a loved one had a total or reverse shoulder replacement between 2011 and 2016 and suffered serious complications, including dislocation and loosening, you may be entitled to substantial compensation. Time is limited to file a claim. Act now. For more information and a free consultation, call 800-598-0696. That's 800-598-0696. Again, that's 800-598-0696. Call now. 
Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. So before we split for the previous segment, I mentioned something which may be very obscure to most people, not make a lot of sense. This new Apple file system. Have you looked into it much? I sure have. In fact, I've written about it for Backblaze. APFS is really interesting. APFS is the first new file system that Apple has introduced for its computers and devices in decades. What existed before was called HFS Plus, or Hierarchical File System Plus, um, and that was used for a very, very long time. Now, the, the file system on your computer or on your smartphone or, or your tablet or whatever tells the application software and the operating system software where files go. That's what file system means. This is much more exposed on the Mac than it is on the iPhone. You know, the the Mac Finder, for example, gives you direct access to the file directories where all of your files, all of your applications, all of your operating system software, um, and uh, all the many libraries that all that stuff needs in order to work correctly live. So you've got direct access to it. You don't have direct access to that stuff on the iPhone. That probably more than anything explains why Apple decided to publicly debut APFS with iOS 10.3, which was just introduced this past week as opposed to doing it on the Mac. In fact, APFS has been available on the Mac since last June when Apple's Worldwide Developer Conference happened, but it's a developer preview of sorts. It's not something that's exposed to everyone. Developers actually have to go to the terminal command line in order to format a disk with APFS. Um, It can only be an external drive. You can't uh, format your internal drive with it. It doesn't work with Time Machine and so on. So there are a lot of limitations for Mac users to use APFS at the moment. But this is the direction that Apple is heading. And what Apple said at WWDC last year when they introduced APFS is, this is where we're going for the future. Now, why are they doing this? They're doing this for a couple of reasons. One is because HFS, APFS's predecessor, was really designed um, at a time when floppy disk drives and hard disk drives and, you know, to a certain degree, optical drives like CD-ROMs and CD burners uh, and DVD burners were being used. And there was a finite amount of data to keep track of. Well, you know, storage changes all the time. The way that we access storage changes all the time, too. So, you know, at a time when rotational spinning disks like hard disk drives and floppy drives were used, HFS Plus made a lot of sense. They needed to modernize it to suit devices that depend on flash memory and solid state drives. And that means most Macs now. You know, you go out and buy a new MacBook Pro or one of the new sleek MacBooks or a MacBook Air, even uh, many iMacs or the Mac Pro. They all come with solid-state drives, SSDs, installed standard. Now, SSDs work differently than conventional spinning hard drives do, and therefore they need a different file system to work optimally as well. APFS does all those things. APFS has a much greater amount of addressable file locations, like orders and orders of magnitude more uh, than HFS Plus does, so it also will scale to the future as devices that we've got um, have more and more storage capacity and need to be able to put files in more and more places. So this is paving the way for the future. 
from what I can tell from uh, anecdotal information that I've seen from people who have upgraded from my own experience upgrading, the 10.3 change from HFS Plus to APFS went very seamlessly. I'm not seeing any widespread or really even any sporadic reports of problems with devices not working correctly or application software not working correctly uh, or uh, apps or uh, uh, operating system software not working correctly. So I think that Apple's transition to APFS in 10.3 was very seamless. It still isn't ready for prime time on the Mac. My bet is that we're probably not going to see that until the next major release of Mac OS, which probably won't happen until uh, sometime this summer or this fall. Now, interesting about the 10.3 upgrade. Apple doesn't mention APFS in the release notes. It really kind of kept it under the radar there. I guess it doesn't make much difference for most people. You still have some fear mongerers out there saying it's a risky move. It's a nasty move. Somebody called it nasty. Nasty to have a more efficient file system. Now, this is what I've seen, Peter. If your iOS device has a lot of apps, a lot of stuff, and it's really filled up, you might see more space efficiencies. Okay, that means you'll maybe gain one or more gigabytes of space. Apple Insider saw as much as 7.8 gigabytes reclaimed. It's not going to happen to everyone. If you just have a normal number of apps, you may not see anything. You will see, at least in my experience and from what I've seen, you might see the boot up time on your iOS device be faster because of the efficiencies of the new file system. Since it's a low latency file system, apps may launch a bit faster. But Apple also, and I saw this in a Twitter post, Apple has also made changes to the iOS animations where they run more efficiently and faster. So suddenly you're going to get better performance. And I think a lot of it will depend on what kind of device you're running iOS 10.3 on as well. Um, from my experience, for whatever it's worth, I got back about four gigs on my 128 gig iPhone 6 Plus uh, when I installed 10.3. Now, that may not be entirely attributable to APFS um, because it had been a while since I rebooted um, the, the phone before I installed iOS 10.3 on it. So there were a lot of application caches. And I'm sure that they wrote out um, the log files and so on that would have taken up space in memory or space in, in storage that would have been flushed uh, when the device was re was restarted. So if I had restarted it right before I had installed 10.3, I probably would have a better sense of how much of that was due to APFS's ability to do things like deduplication, uh, which prevent it from having to duplicate large amounts of data over again. But yeah, there are definitely some, some um, space efficiency improvements for some users with APFS. And Apple's made a lot of other changes to 10.3 as well that uh, have definitely pepped up my, uh, my two-year-old phone a little bit. So I've been quite happy with the update so far. My wife has an iPhone 5C. She doesn't play with apps that much. She mostly uses it for making phone calls. So here is a story with her. A 5C is the lowest ebb iPhone, the 5 and the 5C, that runs iOS 10. Suddenly, everything seems faster. You know, got a little bit of juice there. Again, the animations are quicker, apps launch faster, it boots up faster. 
And I suspect, though, that by this fall with iOS 11, it won't be supported. But right now, it's okay. And, you know, of course, standard rules apply, right? So anytime you make a major change to uh, your device, if you haven't already installed 10.3, I strongly recommend making a backup. Use iCloud Backup if you can, or even tether the device to your Mac or your PC and use iTunes uh, to back it up. But make sure that you've got a solid backup of your device before you upgrade, because Although I haven't seen any problems with the 10.3 update that, you know, make me say, hey, don't install it. Uh, You never know what's out there. And it's always a good idea, just a good practice to get into to back up your device before you make any changes like this. And this also explains why Apple went to the iOS devices first, because you don't have the edge cases. You don't have the extreme cases. It's a much more controlled environment to test this upgrade. And... Therefore, you have a situation here where it's pretty seamless. And if it doesn't work, you restore your device. That's the solution. But sometimes an operating system upgrade doesn't work. So that's another thing to bear in mind. I ran iOS 10.3 on one of my iPhones from the first public beta. So I think Apple has given it a good shakedown cruise. As Peter says, for Macs, there are a lot of other things that have to happen. It doesn't support encryption, startup drives, fusion drives, the combo hard drive and SSD. That we expect will change this fall. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Beans Self-reliance is about being prepared and to do what you need to have your own source of renewable energy. Portable Solar LLC offers the most powerful EMP-hardened solar system on the market that is transportable from place to place. And the best part, it's very affordable. Contact them at PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875. SolArc EMP-hardened solar generator, energy insurance for your family or business. Call Portable Solar LLC today or go to PortableSolarLLC.com to check out their patent-pending technology.
The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Did you know there's a new group of water contaminants with unknown health effects? These emerging contaminants lurking in your water may include prescription over-the-counter drugs and new types of herbicides and pesticides. ProPure's improved Pro1G2.0 filter meets NSF 401 standards to help reduce these emerging contaminants. To find out more, visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So again, Peter Cohen's with me on the Tech Night Owl Live. We're talking about the new Apple file system that so far as garnered praise, except for the fear-mongering by some people on the new iPhone, iPad update. Now, for the Mac, as I mentioned, there are many more complexities in managing that file system. And when they introduced APFS at last spring's WWDC, it's only in beta on the Mac, and I wouldn't recommend anyone do it unless you have a spare Mac around. You don't care about losing data. I agree with you. I think Apple has had this opportunity, especially with the experience now with 10.3, to prepare and fix the problems. And by fall, the next Mac OS, you will be able to upgrade. And they'll do it the same way. It'll probably be a silent upgrade. It'll take a little longer to install, but you will not notice it. Yeah, that's one thing that's worth pointing out for anybody who hasn't done the 10.3 update yet. Um, 10.3 did take... Not an unreasonably long period of time, but longer than I believe the last update did to install. And part of it undoubtedly is because uh, this new file system is being put in place. So do set set aside some time uh, when you update uh, to make sure that you're not having to run out the door uh, in the middle of an update. Because there's no surer way to brick your phone or your iPad than to stop it in the middle of an update. What I do with these updates, if I'm not working at home, 
if I have to go out for a while, say I have to go out shopping or something, I just let it do the update. And I forget my, my phone for that particular point in time. You, you go outside without your phone? Are on you a rare crazy? occasion. On a rare occasion, I go out without my phone. So there. But more than likely, I'll just do it in the evening. Let it do its stuff. I'm getting ready. I'm having dinner. I'm not going to pay attention. And if a phone call comes in, it'll go to voicemail. I'll worry about it later. I have other phones here. You know, I have another phone line using a VoIP system called Phone Power. And I can receive calls on that. If people need to get me, they'll find me. Believe me, they'll find me. They know where I am. So you agree with me then that this fall we'll probably see APFS for Max. Yeah, for sure. And as I said, it's going to be the same thing. Take a little longer to install, but you won't notice the difference. And Apple will make a deal of it at WWDC, but not so much for most people, except for the fear mongers who will say, how can Apple change the file system? Well, what did they do in 1998 when they went to HFS Plus? Indeed. Indeed. Let's talk about iPad. Now, just reading the teardown from iFixit of this new iPad, the $329 model, and they said that for all practical purposes, it's an update to the original iPad Air. Not the Air 2, the iPad Air. And just as difficult to fix. So what was Apple thinking? Well, first of all, I um, don't know too many people who are interested in actually fixing an iPad. So with all due respect to iFixit, when they talk about uh, the repairability of equipment, they are talking to a very, very small number of people in the overall Apple ecosystem. Most people are very content to use the devices that they buy right off the shelf, run them into the ground, and replace them with something new. The vast majority of people who buy these devices have absolutely no interest in cracking them open or having anyone else crack them open at any point during their life, except in the possible case of a repair. And the main repairs are display and battery, of course. Need a new battery. And right now, I noticed just a few weeks back that Walmart had a store that leased space from them that fixes mobile devices. And my son's iPhone 5C had a battery on its last legs, and they said $39 will fix it for you. Don't know about the display. Didn't ask him. For $39, you just hand it to them, go away for an hour and come back, and you've got a new battery. Why worry about doing it yourself? Peter? There's no reason. I did the exact same thing when it came time to have one of my kids' um, iPhones repaired. Uh, the battery was on its last legs. I dropped it off with uh, the local guy who does that. Uh, he had it back to us in about uh, 45 minutes, uh, working as good as new, and it's just fine. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's definitely a good way to keep your devices working uh, working longer. And, uh, you know, Apple also offers AppleCare Plus as well, um, you know, which is its uh, extended warranty program for these devices. It, it doubles the length of the standard factory warranty from 12 months to 24 months, um, and it enables you to get your devices repaired uh, for less than the full out-of-pocket fee. You still have to pay um, a, uh, um, a, a a service fee to get your stuff fixed, but it's not as much as it would be uninsured, as it were. So, uh 
these are, are, are good options and uh, good ways to keep your devices working for uh, as long as you need to, really. And Apple made a change to Apple Care Plus for displays. They allow you to have two accidents. And the replacement for the display is $29. That's just display. If you damage anything else, it'll be an additional charge. But that means you can drop it twice, crash the display, and have it fixed for $29. Of course, Apple makes enough money from this they can afford to do that. And I saw a picture, by the way, of someone who had photographed the machine Apple uses to do this. You know, it's not like with iFixit, you have to screw around with adhesives and tiny screws. They have a machine that will allow them to replace a display, line up everything, and make it look perfect. And it's something that only comes at the Apple Store. It's not something that you would ever see. It's something that's in the back room, locked away under lock and key, that only the um, service technicians who, who work on these devices are able to use. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it looks like very sophisticated hardware that aligns everything perfectly and gets everything uh, in place. The interesting thing is that if you go to an Apple-authorized service provider, a third party, like uh, Best Buy, you were just talking about uh, a, a little. I think a little while ago, or Walmart, um, uh, or uh, you know, a, an Apple um, authorized uh, retailer that also does repairs. They don't have access to this equipment, so that alignment equipment is uh, is unique to Apple stores. You see, there are lawsuits. There's one in Nebraska that says basically you have the right to repair. Anywhere, And I think it demands that Apple and other tech companies sell repair manuals and parts to third parties, especially that machine. There is absolutely no um, shortage of people and and ways to get that stuff. I agree with uh, the philosophy behind that. I think anybody should be allowed to uh, repair anything that that they own and this is not just a problem with consumer techno- technology like smartphones this is a big problem for your auto mechanic as well because uh cars have become increasingly proprietary increasingly dependent on computer diagnostic systems that um only get leased to uh the um uh, the dealers um that make it nigh on impossible for, uh, you know, your grease monkey down the street to fix your brand new car. Yes, uh, but so it looks to me that they can get computers that provide the readouts. And I'll give you an example of that. I have a relative who has an old BMW, not a new one. She couldn't afford the new one. The same one who lost the notebook in her bedroom. She has an old BMW, but, you know, a few years old. And it has that data port, as all cars do. And she was having a problem where... The engine was running rough. And she went over to the local car wash oil change place. You know, they'll do an oil change and then wash your car. And the mechanic there doesn't do BMW, but he did have the computer. And he plugged it in and he said, you know what? It's your spark plugs are missing. Go take it to a shop and have them. And he recommended a couple of places or a BMW dealer and have them give you a tune up and spark plugs, which was the problem, by the way, but he could see it. So he was able to get the ability, at least on a model several years old, to read out what was going on. And this is an interesting thing about cars. 
the grease monkey is obsolete because they see the readout. It says it's misfiring. It says that the alternator is going to fail next week. All that stuff is recorded. But you know what else they record in that computer? Your driving history is also in there. Someone could read your driving history and know how well you handle that car. Isn't that interesting? We've got more to come. We've got Peter Cohen. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Many medicines used to treat colds and flu contain acetaminophen, a pain reliever and fever reducer found in hundreds of over-the-counter and prescription medicines. But taking too much or more than one medication containing acetaminophen per day can damage your liver. So always read the label and don't take acetaminophen if you drink three or more alcoholic drinks every day. To learn more, visit FDA.gov slash OTC pain info. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Food and Drug Administration. Lifetime Gray's 100% grass-fed beef has the health benefits you seek. When compared to conventional beef, it offers good fats while virtually eliminating the bad. That's the result of cattle who never eat grain, ever. Rich in antioxidants, including vitamin E, C, beta-carotene, and CLA. No artificial hormones, antibiotics, or other drugs. For all our fresh, non-cooked products with only 100% grass-fed beef, go to MidasResources.com. Use voucher code GCN to get 30% off your order. MidasResources.com or find us on Facebook. Welcome back to Get Night Out Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him. Now, the car corollary here, Peter Cohen, is this. If I need a part to fix a car, on a Volkswagen, Toyota, Kia, whatever... I go to the part shop at the dealership and I buy the part. They usually give a special price for mechanics or people doing it at home. Depends. Now, you can't do that with Apple. I can't go to an Apple store and say, give me a display. I'll install it. And that's part of the right to repair. So as much as dealerships have closed the door in terms of cars for fixing things, no one stops you from going to buy the part. Any part you want. You're a body shop, you need a door, 
you need spark plugs, whatever, you can go to the dealership, go to the parts room, and they'll order that part or sell it to you. You can't go to Apple and say, give me a display, give me a battery, give me a manual. Right to repair means Apple should be able to sell you that. I agree that Apple might want to enforce a training program on third parties. Okay, we'll sell you all this stuff. You want the gadget to replace the display? Fine. Just take our test and show us that you're qualified. We'll make you an authorized dealer. Adhere to our standards. Buy the parts and fix it. Go ahead, mazel tov. You know, I'm of two minds on this. And part of it is because I have one foot, or had, I should say, one foot in the retail electronics space. I used to work for an Apple authorized service provider like the ones that I was describing before. And we would regularly have customers come in and say, you know, we don't want to pay you for fixing our stuff. We just want to order the parts so we can fix it ourselves. And I understood perfectly where they were coming from because, you know, somebody who's used Apple products for 30 years, I have no shortage of information myself. I can I can do most repairs. But the problem comes when that customer messes up that work and then comes to you looking for help to fix it. Or the expectation that because I bought the part from you and installed it myself and didn't do it right, you're going to cover the cost of what it's actually going to take to to fix it. So I want to advocate for consumers. And I think that right to repair is... Is, is in the right place. And I certainly understand the problems with it. You know, for example, the Nebraska bill, LB, LB67, the Fair Repair Act, one of the reasons why it's caught wind or caught momentum is because Nebraska has a, a large farming community. And more and more companies like John Deere, for example, sell proprietary farming equipment that farmers can't fix themselves. They have to call a tech uh, to have serviced because they're locked out from doing the work themselves. That sort of stuff definitely rubs me the wrong way. But um, I think that there's a balance here. I think that, that on one hand, consumers should be allowed to fix their own stuff. And, you know, in most cases, I, I don't think that anybody's prevented from um, fixing a a Mac computer or an iOS device on their own if they want to. There are plenty of places where they can find parts online. There are plenty of independent service providers that they can have it uh, done by as well. But you've got to accept responsibility for uh, fixing it and maintaining it if you're going to do it yourself at that point and not rely uh, or have the expectation that the manufacturer or that authorized service centers are going to foot the bill uh, or even have to deal with you uh, if the stuff breaks or if you don't put it in right. So if if there's a common sense way to navigate that thread, I think that that's good. Well, Apple could sell them with the agreement where we offer a Look, normal it, new product warranty. If the part is defective, we'll replace Apple it. Apple doesn't. Apple leaves it to the third to, to third parties. Right, like I said, but here's the thing. If they sell no, you- no, 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 no. There, there's no thing. Gene, listen to what I'm saying. You can get the exact same parts Apple uses. You just can't get Apple's parts because Apple's parts are for Apple stores and for Apple service providers. And well, they come see, with, see, I, I think you missed my second part. They come with an implicit warranty. You're missing my second part here. Right to repair what I would like to see, which is what I'm getting to, what I'd like to see is 
Apple agrees to sell the part to a non-authorized location, but with this proviso, we will warranty the part for defective, but we're not responsible if you break your device. That's your responsibility. I think that is perfectly fair to insist that as part of a, any regulation like this. That will sell it to you, but it's, a, it's now it's your fault. You break it, you own it. It's your fault. But if the part is defective, we're responsible. Simple as that. And as far as selling parts to third parties. It's not that simple. How so? Because of enforcement? Well, yeah, I mean, tort reform is is where we would have to to lay this because class actions hop up left and right. I, you know, I mean, yeah, in a perfect world, that's how it would work, Gene. But as long as lawyers exist, it's not going to be like that. So the danger, therefore, would be, okay, even if Apple has this proviso in their warranty, somebody out there will go to a lawyer and say, well, it broke. And the lawyer will find some kind of lawsuit get a hundred other people who have the same problem and have a class action lawsuit. Yeah. File it in a, in a friendly district, you know, like down in Texas where these sort of things happen all the time. Right. You know, and it just drags through. So, you know, the, the, the other solution is leave it to the gray market, leave it to third parties. And that's the situation that we're in now. And it's not a perfect situation, but it does mean that if you're an armchair mechanic uh, or an armchair IT person, you can fix your own gear as long as you're not expecting to do it through official channels. And that's not a perfect situation. That's not a perfect situation for anyone, but that's status quo as it exists now. Is now, what if I'm a saying. law like and, this is passed, though. That's going to change. And then things will have to be done to accommodate the right to repair. Oh, yeah. And I mean, this sort of stuff uh, always does. Practical example of this is that when right here in the United States, uh, Apple typically declares a product obsolete or in their cute little euphemism vintage after about five years or so after about five years, that means that they no longer stock uh, or make available service parts for those products. So if you walk in with uh, an old plastic MacBook, for example, and say, hey, I'd like to get this fixed because the keyboard is broken, the service tech will most likely tell you, sorry, I can't do that. This product is vintage. I can no longer get parts for it. And that's the end of the conversation. You can find those parts you know, through the gray market. You can find those parts online uh, and do the repair yourself or maybe even find a, a friendly service provider who will do that for you. But through official channels, no. However, if you're in California, the statute of limitations, if you will, for those older parts is longer. So California customers have more than just five or six years or whatever arbitrary period of time Apple decided. And Apple's got to obey that because that's a a local legislation uh, that was passed in California. Fair Repair Act or, or Right to Repair Acts, as they're sometimes known, same situation. You know, it's it, it will it will jurisdictionally be enforced so uh, uh, or, or regionally be enforced by whatever jurisdiction. So if state A, like Nebraska or where I live, Massachusetts, passes a law, Apple's got to be willing to do business there uh, in that way, but uh, may not be the same in Colorado or Rhode Island. Well, you see, that's when states' rights don't work because it's very confusing. Why should I, because I live in Massachusetts, get fewer rights to fix my device than somebody in California? So what do I do? Go for the weekend to California? Take a vacation in California and fix all my stuff before I come back? We've been arguing that point since wigs were a thing. Of course. I mean, you know, go see Hamilton. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, it, 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 it's it, you're you're right. I, you know, a lot of the stuff is it seems arbitrary, and you know, a, a, a consumer rights, civil rights, all that stuff is uh, is largely left to the states and until uh, uh, federal legislation is passed. But there's no federal uh, right to repair act that's on the books right now that I'm familiar with that stands any chance of of getting passed in this legislative section as a session or under this administration. So I wouldn't count on it. Right. They're more busy passing laws that allow ISPs to collect your browsing data without your permission. That they'll do. But giving people more protections, making laws consistent, they don't change at the border like you're in a different country. That they won't do. We've got more to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Attention investors, 2017 is the year of Trump and financial markets are rising at all-time highs. But economic uncertainty may be greater than after any election in our lifetime. And as retirement approaches, there's little time to recover your losses. You need to hedge against uncertainty. That means transferring part of your retirement to physical gold and silver stored where you can actually hold it in your hand and get it fast in any disaster. It's a perfect time to buy. Prices are low and expected to climb. Make Augusta Precious Metals, your personal gold and silver provider. Augusta cares for your financial position and helps you make good decisions. And they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. Get Augusta's free gold and silver IRA guide. What you learn could help you weather any economic storm. There's no obligation. Just call toll-free. Call 855-222-5857. That's 855-222-5857. Again, 855-222-5857. Trust Augusta. Protect your retirement today. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Hey, diabetics. Yeah, you. Got a spare hour to waste going to the pharmacy to get your insulin or other meds and supplies every month? I didn't think so. Me either. I've got life going on, which is why I use PillPack. PillPack is an amazing online pharmacy. They package up all my diabetic meds and testing supplies into daily doses and send it to me every month automatically. All I do is pay my normal copay. PillPack does the rest. I'm serious. This is a free service. They don't even charge for shipping. PillPack handles all the medical insurance stuff and even get with 
my doctors for my other prescriptions so I don't have to, which is good because that's the stuff I forget. But Pill Pack remembers everything. They even package up my daily vitamins so I remember to take them too. If you're diabetic, your meds and supplies are life and death, which means you need Pill Pack. Call right now for this free service. You may even qualify for $25 in free vitamins. 800-560-7310. That's 800-560-7310. Again, 800-560-7310. Are you looking to become more self-sufficient? Then you need to have your own energy source. The Solark EMP Hardened Generator is automatic, maintenance-free, and reduces your monthly electric bill. You can also take it off-grid when you go camping. Contact PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875 today. Portable Solar LLC gives you everything you need to start using solar energy in less than one hour. Solark EMP Hardened Solar Generator Energy Insurance. For your family or business, call Portable Solar LLC today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So anyway, I mentioned briefly before we got into the right to repair thing about the fact that we have this new iPad, which is like the old iPad Air with some new parts, better display and more powerful processor. Apple kept it as cheap as possible. But the question I have here is why not the iPad Air 2? Why go back to an older form factor? Well, I think that a lot of it has to do with cost savings because this is a a, a lower cost, uh, full-sized iPad than what we've seen in the past. So I think it has everything to do with, uh, with, with profit margin and with cost of goods. So they can save a few bucks on the iPad Air case and other yeah, stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a design that, that is not the, the most cutting-edge iPad out there. But if you are like me and using a much older iPad, I'm using a third-generation iPad, the, first, the very first Retina model. This is a huge upgrade from that. You know, and, and a 329, it's a much better deal than what I could get two months ago. That's for sure. So, look, it's it's a good value, but yeah, it's it's not the most cutting edge gear. It it doesn't it doesn't move the the line forward uh, for the iPad in any real uh, fundamental way. Is it designed to make it cheap and probably, as you say, encourage people with older iPads to buy something new? Hey, it's cheaper than you spent on your old iPad. It's not that much heavier. And the iPad Air 2, just a few ounces, a little bit thicker, a little thicker. Here's, here's the interesting thing. They've done some cost cutting in really weird ways. Like, uh, let's call it the fifth generation iPad to differentiate it from previous ones. Apple's not calling it the iPad 5 or anything, but it is the fifth generation iPad. It doesn't have a laminated digitizer and the same anti-reflective coating that you can find on an iPad Air 2. Um, so if, if you look at the iPad and the iPad Air 2, the new iPad, the fifth generation iPad, and the iPad Air 2 with direct light, you're going to see a lot more glare on that screen, which is going to make it a lot less pleasant to use in bright lighting situations. Like if you're using it outside or if you've got very bright lights in your house or your office where you're planning on using it, uh, the iPad is is not going to be as good to use. It's, it's also a little bit thicker. 
and it's a little bit heavier than the iPad Air 2 and even the iPad Pro, the 9.7-inch iPad Pro. So it's it's a little bit bigger and, and bulkier there, too. But we're, we're talking about a pretty small amount. It's, it's not something that I think that most people would notice. The A9 processor certainly keeps up with uh, what iOS 10.3 and iOS 11 will be doing and so on, um, and apps and so forth. But it, it is a very nice, fast processor. Uh, according to the the benchmarks that I've seen, so you you should see uh, decent performance. Comparably, the iPad, the fifth generation iPad, has the same kind of chip inside of it that you would find in an iPhone 6s. So it, it can do everything like you know play the the latest games that you want to play. Uh, you can even edit. Uh, 4K video if you're doing video editing on the iPad. More and more people are doing that these days, too. FaceTime and iSight cameras are just as good as what you'll find on the iPad Air 2. And uh, the new, the fifth generation iPad also features a bigger battery than you'll find on the iPad Air 2 uh, and the iPad Pro. Now, the, the screen itself is brighter, so I'm not really sure that you're going to see much longer battery life out of the new iPad. But it's a good uh, thing to know about. Also, because of the lower price, it may make it more of a saleable product to educational systems. That's correct. And I think that this might explain why Apple is pushing um, the new iPad in this direction. Apple has seen a huge amount of competition from, from Google and Google's manufacturing partners in the form of Chromebooks uh, in education. More and more kids in K-12 um, are, are getting Chromebooks um, issued to them by their school districts, and Apple is losing out. So Apple needed something uh, more price competitive than what it had before for the educational market specifically. So I think it'll be a big hit with consumers, but it wouldn't surprise me to see Apple strike some really big deals with, with uh, school districts over this new one as well. Now, right now it's 329 for the base model. The educational price for one unit is 309 but if you're ordering 10,000 will it be 229? Well, if you're ordering 10,000 or if you're doing any kind of uh, you know large institutional buys like that, Apple is going to work out a leasing arrangement with you anyway. Uh, so your your effective cost is going to be a lot lower than that 309 number. That 309 number is what a teacher would pay or a student would pay logging into Apple's website uh, to buy one of those devices individually under the auspices of of you know educational pricing coverage. But uh, the, the the prices that 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 Apple charges an institutional buyer who's buying 500, 1,000, 10,000 of these things is very different. And the cost structure is entirely different too. So don't read too much into that. Right. So if they're doing it on like a lease deal, they pay a fixed monthly fee for providing the units and support. And the net cost per unit can even be lower because I guess they expect at the end of the lease, you turn them in. That's exactly right. So you're never paying the full price. Maybe you're paying 100 or 150. The point, I guess, is if you can buy all these Chromebooks for 150 bucks a piece, Apple has to get something closer to that. The other advantage of using a Chromebook, at least from my experience, is that um, school districts like uh, the, the the one that my um, one of my kids is in right now, it, when they settled on Chromebooks, they also settled on Google Classroom as their ecosystem for managing curriculum. Um, and it's made it incredibly convenient and easy for teachers and students alike 
um, to communicate back and forth, and even for parents to get involved, um, you know, in, in 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 ways that they couldn't before. Apple has PowerSchool, uh, you know, that uh, the, that it uses for for tracking student attendance and grades and so on. Um, and it's got iCloud, but it doesn't really have the same kind of end-to-end ecosystem that Google does as well. So lowering the price on the iPad is not enough. I think that Apple needs to do a lot more to win back the hearts and minds of school administrators that have left the Apple platform. Well, we have to see what's going to happen there. Obviously, the big problem is that school systems don't have the money, and they've got to find sheep. And the big argument that someone from a PC company selling Google Chromebooks is going to say, look at your cost per unit. You can't afford this. Or maybe they'll just bribe the school board. I don't know. I don't want to get into that. We get into politics and it gets too heavy. But certainly a cheaper iPad, a powerful iPad, this could help grab lots of sales, educational, and also people like Peter Cohen with third generation iPads who want something new and better and maybe don't want to spend a lot of money for it. But we have one to last one last thing about the iPad that uh, I have I think only is 20 seconds, 32 gigs of RAM instead of 16, twice as much space for your stuff. Peter Cohen, where do we find more of your stuff? You can find me on Twitter at Flarg, F-L-A-R-G-H, on my own website at Peter-Cohen, C-O-H-E-N dot com, and also the blog over at Backblaze dot com. Peter Cohen, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Always a pleasure, sir. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com. Virtual care anywhere. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. All right, guys, we're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room. Weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah! Yeah! No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons Now. 
To find out more, call toll-free 800-848-6333. That's 800-848-6333. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. CalBen Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. I want to tell you, neighbors, this is the second time we're trying to talk with Dr. Timothy Summers, the ethical hacker. So what happened the first time? Well, we tried to record two segments, and during each segment, we kept getting knocked offline. Now, I'm not assuming here the hackers out there who may not like Tim were doing that to us. There was a reason for it, and I hope we're all fixed. So are we ready to challenge the powers that be here, Tim? Let's do it. Okay, let's rock and roll. Okay, so... Story comes out in WikiLeaks some weeks back. Getting information from the CIA on how, what, they break into devices? What's going on there? Yeah, so the, the data that was leaked essentially provides the tradecraft that the Central Intelligence Agency uses or is, a cl- is claimed to use for breaking into various uh, consumer-based devices. Of course, the CIA was not very happy about this. So let's be specific about this. We know the CIA is sending agents overseas. And like James Bond or whatever, they want to break into somebody's device as part of their intelligence gathering activities. 
So doing that, they've got to have ways of breaking encryption, things like that. Is that what we're talking about here? Essentially, Gene. So many, it's been well reported that many intelligence uh, community organizations use, uh, and, and, and just for your for your listeners, uh, I, I want to be clear about what I mean by tradecraft. Tradecraft is the term that we use for uh, essentially any tools or techniques or tactics or procedures that an organization may use with regard to breaking into a system or hacking a system, essentially. And and in this case. The WikiLeaks website uh, released a treasure trove of data, uh, claiming that these were this data essentially represented the tradecraft used by the Central Intelligence Agency for hacking into and exploiting consumer devices such as televisions, smartphones, and other Internet of Things related devices. Now, according to Apple. Some of the tradecraft or the techniques used to break into, say, iPhones, that stuff was patched years ago. So supposedly, unless you have a really old iPhone or iPad that you haven't updated, you shouldn't have a problem. At least that's what they're saying. Uh, that is, well, that's what they're saying. But there's, there's, uh, the, it, so Apple is saying that, but what that would mean is, in order for that to be 100% accurate, it would mean that. Uh, the devices that are Apple devices are not hackable, and we know that that we know that not to be true. Um, regardless of whether they patch their devices today, that doesn't mean that the intelligence community or malicious hackers, for that matter, have not already identified other methods of hacking into those devices. So Apple is reassuring customers, but it really doesn't That's know. Absolutely right. It doesn't know what techniques hackers have used to exploit more recent devices. And I suspect also, and this is what's implied by what you say, Tim, that they don't want to panic people. They don't want to frighten you. If they know of what's going on, they won't say anything till it's fixed. That's absolutely right. Apple needs to, it's in their best interest to reassure their customers and reassure the folks that you know, know and love Apple products that everything's okay, right? That Apple is ahead of the game, that we're taking care of this. But the, the fact of the matter is that, um, for example, Gene, if you've ever heard of a zero-day exploit in the hacking community, we, we have the term zero-day, which basically refers to an exploitation or a way to exploit a device that even the manufacturer is, is unaware of. So just by sheer nature of the existence of, of things like zero-days, uh, Apple can't be completely sure of what methods or tradecraft might exist for exploiting their devices. So in their best interest, the best way to respond to incidents like this is, hey, look, we've patched everything that there is to patch. There's nothing to be worried about. And that's just, as you said, them reassuring the public. All right. So we'll go with that, obviously. So it's not just iPhones, that these hacks would cover it would be Android devices, it'd be Macs and PCs, etc. Exactly. That's 100% correct. But it would also be smart TVs, right? And, 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 uh, and other Internet of Things, you know, and Internet-connected devices. The smart TVs have become a very interesting device to hack. And, uh, and, and the tradecraft that was leaked uh, via WikiLeaks 
does imply that the CIA has the, uh, has that capability. Okay, so this is something really interesting that I wanted to explore in more detail here. So when the CIA, and we assume this data is genuine, the CIA wants to break into a device, do they hire a group of hackers or they reach out to the community? What do they do to get this information? Well, that really depends on the situation, right? If it's if it's a situation where uh, the CIA has the knowledge in-house to address the issue, then they'll just use their own internal folks uh, to solve the problem, uh, their own internal hackers, uh, uh, so to speak, to address the problem. If it's a situation where they really are not sure that they have the in-house expertise necessary, then they, they may reach out to private companies. Um, there are many ethical hackers, and including myself, for example, that, uh, that do, uh, you know, sort of uh, cyber consulting, if you will, for many companies and organizations. And, and in the particular case of uh, the CIA, uh, they have uh, very many companies uh, on call that they can reach out to for support. Um, and we saw the same thing happen with the FBI and the San Bernardino situation. Well, the FBI reached out to a company uh, to help them uh, hack the devices used in the San Bernardino situations. That's what we saw there. And, and we know the FBI has similar relationships as well. Okay, now... With that particular instance, it was dealing with an iPhone 5C, which doesn't have the level of hardware encryption of later iPhones. So can we say later iPhones are safer or just more difficult to break in? It's been done many times already. Well, we can say that, you know, of course, there's, you know, with every new iteration of a device, there's always more patches to be done. But as I said earlier, uh, there's no way, you know, there's no way for the manufacturer to know that they're patching the right things, right? Uh, the manufacturer can only patch what they know about. But see, the tradecraft that was leaked via WikiLeaks is releasing uh, exploits to parts of the device that the manufacturer is unaware of. So the only way that the manufacturer could even patch those issues, right, is if they're aware of the exploits that the CIA or the FBI in the San Bernardino situation used in the first place. So, so leaks coming through WikiLeaks uh, informs Apple which different exploits the CIA is using. And so that makes it uh, very tough for the CIA because now they essentially have to go and identify additional methods for hacking some of those devices. Um, and uh, yeah, so that I mean, it, it's, it's really, it's one of those things where the manufacturer is only as knowledgeable as they can be. And uh, in this case, in a really offshot way, WikiLeaks is actually helping the manufacturer by publicizing which ways the CIA is hacking into these devices. And, you know, the CIA really responded in such a way that uh, they really did not confirm or deny um, that this data belonged to them, which was really the smart thing to do, to be quite frank. we got more to come with Tim Summers on the Tech Night Out Live.
are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. It's called the Deep State. Barack Obama's most loyal aides still hold office, and they want to stop President Trump. Deep State was first revealed in the runaway New York Times bestseller, Big Agenda. David Horowitz's Big Agenda exposes Obama's government in exile and his shocking plan. Newsmax, Lou Dobbs, and Coulter all say you must read Big Agenda at bookstores everywhere or check out our free offer. Call 800-NEWSMAX, 800-NEWSMAX, or go to BigAgenda411.com. That's BigAgenda411.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Have you ever wanted a shortcut to getting the underground secrets to making money online and seriously grow your business? Whether it's a new business, a part-time income, or an existing business, you have this incredible limited offer to get a copy of this Amazon best-selling book on dot-com success for free. Uncover the success factors to make your business ignite. Go to secretsignite.com. That's secretsignite.com. Get your free copy now. Go to secretsignite.com. Hi there, I'm Bob Eubanks. You know, as part of Hollywood for a long time, I've seen my fair share of celebrities get in trouble with the IRS. Well, there's one name I trust, the Tax Defense Group. They're the most trusted name in tax. So if you owe more than $10,000 to the IRS, you really need to call my friends at the Tax Defense Group. Ignoring the IRS is not the solution. They can garnish your paycheck, levy your bank accounts, seize your home or business. But the Tax Defense Group could put a stop to all of that and tailor a program that would reduce your tax debt to pennies on the dollar. you got to love that. So don't just take my word for it. Call them. Find out for yourself. They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. And they're open 24 hours a day because they know that tax debt doesn't sleep either. Call now for your free and confidential tax analysis from the most trusted name in tax. Call 800-361-6907. 800-361-6907. You may own a knife, but if it's not an indie hammered knife, it's not a knife. From the forge to the grinder to the sheath, 
Each Indy hammered knife is handcrafted using God-given talent. The result is the sharpest edge a knife can have and a true work of art. See a variety of knives and the complete knife kit at ihknives.com. Indy hammered knives. Custom knives made in America. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. Just want to tell our listeners, although the show sounds pretty seamless to you, we've lost our connection with Dr. Timothy Summers twice already. Now, isn't that weird? Don't know what to say. Anyway, he's a trooper and he'll stick with us and we'll get through this. I don't think the hackers are aware of this because we had a couple of situations the other day, mostly with Skype and phone numbers. Isn't that weird? Ah. Okay, so how does a place like WikiLeaks, Tim, get this kind of information? Who is responsible for breaking into the CIA or is it a contractor or what? Well, it's, it's very likely that this particular data was leaked uh, by someone internal to the agency, and uh, which is incredibly, that's an incredibly serious uh, offense, right? But, uh, but based on uh, my team's analysis of that data, we suspect that it is uh, definitely CIA data. Um, and we're not, of course, we're not 100% sure, and this is us doing our own independent analysis, but we suspect that it, it's a pretty good likelihood that it may be CIA data. Um, and it seems like it may have been an insider. Uh, so one of the things we really think needs to be considered at this point is really the way that we look at uh, people who are cleared to work in those kinds of environments with that kind of data. It seems that the government really may need to reassess um, the mechanisms that we use for, for clearing people because there were lots of, we've had lots of insider situations as of, uh, within the past decade. Well, I would have thought Ed Snowden would have given them the wake-up call. And there were very many changes that happened uh, as a result of, of Ed Snowden. But, you know, this is, another, uh, this is another animal. It's also a different agency as well, um, Gene. We must keep that in mind. Ed Snowden happened at the NSA, and uh, this leak is coming from the CIA. They're very different organizations with very different cultures. So it's, it, it definitely is uh, a slightly different. I'm sure that the, the CIA made some modifications to their processes and procedures with regard to, you know, after Snowden. But in general, the way that we do clearance of, of folks really has not changed very much as a result of Snowden. But I suspect that the more these insider leaks happen, uh, the more encouraged the intelligence community will be to, to readdress or reassess this process. The other thing is here, we do not know when this incursion occurred or when that information was sent out to WikiLeaks. They could have had it for a while and chose this occasion. The chances are WikiLeaks had it for a little while before they released it. WikiLeaks actually um, does a goes through a process of, of, of really sort of reviewing the data before it has been uh, released. So there's a pretty good chance that they had it uh, at minimum a couple of weeks before it was released. So in effect here, WikiLeaks is doing their own fact-checking. 
Yes, WikiLeaks prides itself on doing its own fact checking, uh, doing it's really tough for them to do a validation of the data, but they definitely do a, a fact checking with regard to uh, reviewing the data. They have reviewers look through it um, and, and analyze the, the uh, submission. Uh, so they do have a process for that. And they actually pride themselves on it. Now, you seem to know a lot about them. I don't want to ask you to say something you cannot say. Have you had any indirect or direct interactions with WikiLeaks? Um, I have had no interactions with uh, Julian Assange or WikiLeaks, primarily because our paths really haven't had a need to cross. Um, for, for the nature of the work that uh, I do with regard to my research uh, through the university and my uh, consulting through Summers and Company, um, we really haven't had, a, haven't had a reason to to interact. But I see WikiLeaks as being a a unique source of of data that is uh, typically hidden from the world, and so which is the way that most consumers of data via WikiLeaks uh, feel. And I think that it really has. Managed to form itself into a media library of sorts, um, providing all types of specialty data that uh, otherwise wouldn't be available. Yeah, I'm just looking at WikiLeaks right now, and you could go to something called Vault 7. What is Vault 7 at WikiLeaks? Well, Gene, I would, I would recommend that if you're on WikiLeaks right now that you not go uh, with not access it without going through a VPN of some sort <laughs> or, or using Tor for that matter. <laughs> because they're going to pick up uh, what I have. I don't have anything they need. I mean, if they want to publicize well, something about me, maybe I'll become famous. Well, not, not WikiLeaks necessarily, uh, not necessarily because WikiLeaks is, is, is tracking you, but um, which, which, I mean, I'm sure they do some capture but um, but rather it goes through your IP, you know, your ISP and your ISP, of course, uh, more than likely reports that you visited the site uh, to your, uh, to, you know, to the appropriate authorities. Um, but in the case of Vault 7, as WikiLeaks claims, uh, they claim that, uh, and this has not been, uh, this hasn't been validated, but they claim that it's uh, some kind of code name for a project or group of projects from the CIA. We, we don't know if that's true or not. And the CIA has denied uh, any association with it. But it's supposed to be the, the code name for the, their supposed hacking tools and, and tradecraft. Now, he was mentioning, Tim, Tor. Tor is a browser that yes, uh, is supposed to provide some level of protection. It provides a level of protection, um, and I would I definitely recommend that um, if you are, if you are accessing uh, WikiLeaks or other sites like uh, that you may not want other people knowing about, you should definitely use something like Tor or even a private VPN service. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks for the recommendation. As a matter of fact, I'm going to download Tor. Because I don't really visit those sites a, very often, but I certainly want to be protected. So there you go. That's a good idea. And, and, tour, and tour is free. <laughs> so why not? 
I guess they call it donationware because what that means is that if you like what they do, go ahead and give them a donation or something. But that's exactly right. If you go to their site, they have one of those. So that's one of the things that's going on. So we can assume here, based on the fact that WikiLeaks is at least doing some level of fact checking, that the stuff that was posted related to the Clinton campaign is by and large what it was presented to be and accurate. Yeah, the information that was uh, posted about the Clinton campaign is very interesting. Um, I think what really was the most fascinating about that release of data um, was with regard to the donors to the Clinton campaign. There's actually data in there regarding the donors, including some of the country's wealthiest. And that data actually uh, includes their names, their social security numbers, where they live, uh, and also the social security numbers of their children and um, their spouses, which was which was quite baffling uh, uh, from from my team's perspective. Because what it implied to us was that here is some very personal and private data about some of the country's wealthiest and most powerful people that is now out there on the dark web. Now, if a person has a situation like that, their social security numbers have been compromised publicly, can they go to the Social Security Administration and say, give me a new number and move over my account information? Is that possible? That's a good question, Gene, and I don't have an answer for you. I, I'm not really sure. I, I, I suspect that it's a, it's a pretty intense process. And I also suspect that in order for the uh, administration to give you a new social, you'd probably have to have some, some pretty good reasoning. And it's probably not as simple as, hey, my data was breached. Um, I say that because when the Office of Personnel Management uh, was hacked and the data for many um, agents within the, the intelligence community, you know, and their, their personal data, including their social security numbers and their fingerprints were uh, released and breached. Um, the administration, the government did not issue new social security numbers. Well, then if it is publicized, <laughs> you could be in pretty rough shape. And we have to think how you protect yourself if that happens. We've got more to come with Dr. Tim Summers. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. 
Attack of the Rockoids, and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands, and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement, and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. A lot can happen in six seconds. A rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Dr. Timothy Summers is joining us. He's an ethical hacker. We're talking about WikiLeaks and the disclosure of the CIA hackers tools and of course the disclosure of email but that's something there if by some chance your social security number was disclosed and there's no easy way to just change it what do you do well <laughs> well what ended up happening in that situation where the the government lost all this data for you know for some of these agents uh, they essentially just uh, gave them all free um, identity monitoring that's been pretty much the de facto response for both government and businesses. Uh, whenever data has been breached, they essentially send those affected uh, free access to identity monitoring services. Uh, unfortunately, that's not enough. It's, it's a start. And one would be incredibly wise to not only take advantage of the free identity monitoring services that are being offered, but to also have uh, additional identity monitoring services at the ready. Um, also, there are financial uh, monitoring services that are out there as well. And there are some services that will even go as far as to uh, frequently search the dark web, uh, which is essentially um, where, all the, where a lot of malicious hackers uh, share breached data. And uh, those companies will essentially search the dark web and let you know and inform you anytime your email address or your personal data is being bought or sold on the dark web. So it would definitely be a good strategy to try to protect yourself in as many ways as possible. Um, there are including identity monitoring, financial monitoring, monitoring the dark web and the internet for any uh, exchange, buying or selling of your personal data. Now, I want to raise another issue here. It's gotten a lot of publicity here. And that is all these arguments, and this is political to some degree, but what can you do? Supposedly here, there are situations where interactions between a certain 
president's campaign and the Russians were disclosed. And we assume here, of course, that routinely we're going to do surveillance of foreign diplomats because many of them are intelligence operatives. That's correct, isn't it? Sure, sure. That is correct. Okay, so when they communicate with somebody from the United States, that's going to be picked up. But we're not legally supposed to disclose information about domestic people unless there is some kind of warrant involved. So that's kept hidden? What do they do? Well, typically, if there is, if someone's being monitored, there's been a FISA court ruling or a surveillance um, you know, warrant, if you will, that's been approved and given to follow a person. And let's say they're following Eugene. Let's, let's say that Gene, you know, they've said, hey, Gene is, uh, is someone we need to monitor. We need to watch him. We need to listen to his conversation. And so they're, they're recording and monitoring everything you're doing, everyone you speak to on the phone. And you're talking to me on the phone. And that's been captured in recording. Well, in the transcripts of those recordings, your name will be fully revealed because you are the target of the investigation. I, on the other hand, am not the target of the investigation. Therefore, my name should actually be obfuscated, should be blurred, or should be uh, changed to protect my innocence or protect me because I'm not the target of the investigation. And the approval that the courts gave and the warrant do not say that the investigation is focused on me. And so thereby protecting me as an individual and a private citizen, my, my name should be scraped out of the transcripts. However, what I said or did may still be there because it, it's taken in context of the investigation being focused on you. All right. And the thing is also, if they're capturing interactions with you, even though in theory you may have nothing to do with it, if they get the legal authority to monitor you, they have to show probable cause to a judge? Yes, there has to be um, a strong case with regard to why the person is a target of the investigation. And so if the, if the intelligence community or, or some uh, surveillance team is following you, uh, they're following Gene Steinberg, you know, they would have to have provided a strong enough case uh, to a court, specifically the FISA court, uh, with regard to why they need to follow you and what the expected outcome and expected value of, of, of investigating you and, and surveilling you would, would reveal. It doesn't sound like a casual process. It requires, obviously, a lot of special work to do. It's not like rubber stamping or anything. No, it's quite an involved process. Okay. But the thing I guess we all worry about now is we hear about all this, and I guess you have to wonder whether anyone feels they're safe anymore from someone who wants to get your information or you just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, like making a purchase somewhere. Yeah, it definitely is one of those situations where um, the general public really does not understand the process and, this is, and really does not understand um, how all of this works. 
and and therefore they know that the capabilities of surveilling them exists. They just don't know where the line in the sand is drawn. And of course, the government, um, you know, does its part to try to uh, really sort of calm the public and, and not get us concerned and up at arms um, by by assuring us that. Hey, we're not going to surveil you. You know, if you're, I mean, you're, you're, you know, you're an American citizen. We're not going to uh, take extreme measures to surveil you the way that we would a foreign agent. And um, and, and really, what we have here is some blurred lines, right? I mean, the American public is not sure where the line in the sand is drawn, and uh, the government really hasn't done a great job of explaining it either. And and you know, there are. There are debates that are happening that maybe that's on purpose and maybe not. You know, should we let, um, you know, should we tell everyone how where that line in the sand is drawn so that the bad guys can take advantage of it? Or should we keep it where the public is relatively ambiguous uh, with regard to what the processes and procedures are? And, uh, you know, I really don't have the answer for that. Oh, boy, it gets to be crazier and crazier. Now, there was a bill in Congress that I guess was passed where ISPs can now grab your information without your permission, your browsing histories and such? Well, Gene, you know, if such a legislation uh, is approved uh, or passes, you know, that shouldn't surprise you because you should live with the assumption that your ISP is able to uh, capture your traffic anyway. Uh, which is precisely why uh, most cybersecurity experts recommend that if you are concerned about your privacy, you should uh, browse using Tor or using a private virtual, uh, a virtual private network, or um, using uh, making sure that you're using the do not track functions in your web browser. Uh, so, for example, Firefox has an option where you can select do not track. And uh, Firefox does what it can to keep marketers and, and other companies from tracking where you, uh, where you surf on the net. But the only way to really guarantee that your ISP is not tracking where you browse is to use Tor or to use a virtual private network or VPN, as it's called. So we shouldn't assume anything about our ISP, even if they theoretically say we're on the up and up. You should, you should never assume anything about your ISP. Um, yeah, other than, yeah, you shouldn't assume anything about your ISP. And, and, and that's, that's just the bottom line there. By the way, I just installed Tor, the Tor browser. Fantastic. Aha. Uh-huh. So there you go. So now I am theoretically safe, but then you never know. We've got more to come with Dr. Timothy Summers. And the connection is kept solid so far. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. 
What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. Are you living your passion? Are you pumped to go to work because you get to talk about or work with or do the things that interest you the most? Is working, playing, and relaxing one and the same? As long as you're working for someone else, you'll never be living entirely true to yourself and your passion. I'm Pharmacist Keith. Let me show you how you can work around your current schedule, create the extra income so you can live your passion. Visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. Radio.recordedvideo.com. Nearly one-third of FBI domestic terrorism cases involve refugees. One-third. There's already been riots across Europe. Is America next? Hi, I'm the owner of Infidel Body Armor. Over the past four years, I've sold thousands of body armor kits and trained hundreds of sheepdogs. They have prepared. Have you? I invite you to go to my website at infidelbodyarmor.com and click on specials. Trouble is coming. Now do something about it. Infidelbodyarmor.com. Just won't quit. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, and like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat, I would flip-flop all night long, I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Imagine what it's like to be active your whole life and then find out you're going blind. I have age-related macular degeneration, or AMD. As a wife, mother, and grandmother, my sight is precious to me, so I was relieved to find that treatments for some forms of AMD are available and research for additional treatments is underway. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD. Or go to the website, fightblindness.org, where I found so much helpful information. Call 1-800-BLINDNESS today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com.
So just to bring listeners up to date, we have Dr. Timothy Summers, and this is the second time we're trying to do an episode of the Tech Night Out Live with him. The first time we kept getting disconnected. This time, and we're in the fourth segment with Tim, we've only been disconnected twice so far. (laughs) And I don't want to challenge the gods about anything else, because you never know. So, you know, no... (laughs) Then there's a story out there from some organization, Turkish, is it, claiming that they got iCloud passwords? Well, Gene, what else is new? Come on. I mean, how many times have we heard about uh, organizations getting iCloud passwords? It seems to almost be a uh, an annual occurrence now, right? I mean, do you remember when uh, we were hearing the stories about Jennifer Lawrence's nude photos being leaked from her iCloud account? Well, the thing you have to bear in mind, too, here, that, number one, I worry about the smarts of somebody in the entertainment industry. First taking revealing photos, then putting them online somewhere, knowing there's always a chance somebody's going to break in. And maybe if they don't have secure passwords, they just hasten the process. Sometimes you wonder if that isn't done for publicity. What do you this think? It's true. And many times, I think many times uh, it may be done for publicity, right? I mean, it, it wouldn't be the first time that someone's, you know, claimed that their account was hacked. But we do know that it has happened many times, right? We do know that there have been many situations where iCloud accounts have been legitimately hacked. You know, I think that this is just another case of that. Right. We, we, we find that we're talking about a lot of the same sorts of events happening over and over. Um, I recently heard a statistic that most of the spending, cybersecurity spending, is spent on uh, hardware and software. And uh, one has to ask, after we've spent all of this money, why are we still being hacked with, you know, uh, through some of the same methods you know, over the, you know, over the time, over, over a long period of time, we're still seeing the same sorts of hacks. So, you know, we heard about hacks and uh, to iCloud 10 years ago, we're still hearing about them now. And so at what point will we stop hearing about those kinds of hacks? And, and then the question uh, really for a company like Apple is at what point will iCloud actually be secure? Well, that may be never. And the other thing here is it can't just be iCloud. What about Outlook? What about Google? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, one thing, you know, that we have to say about uh, Google, I think, and and this is something that I think that, you know, this rings true to really sort of their leadership, I suppose. Uh, Google was hacked, uh, maybe was once before, but about eight years ago, maybe eight, nine years ago. And uh, Sergey Brin and Larry Page kind of, uh, they were really hurt by the fact that they had been hacked, and they decided that they didn't want Google to to ever again fall victim to to such an endeavor. And so they ended up spending a huge amount of resources and investment on just making sure that every product that's rolled out from Google has substantial cybersecurity uh, mechanisms built into it. And I think that that's helped them a lot because there is a perception that their devices are incredibly secure. And and I think Apple has taken a similar approach, but I think the problem that we're seeing with Apple is really that um, Apple products always had the uh, reputation of being 
you know, being more secure than PCs. And a lot of that, I mean, although the products are built incredibly well, but a lot of that at the time was based on the fact that Microsoft products were more popular in the market. So, of course, there was more focus on them from a hacker perspective. But now we're seeing Apple products uh, become the leading product. And so there's become a lot more interest on hacking into Apple devices. And so I think as long as Apple really remains one of the most popular kids on the block, we're going to continue to see more of these kinds of uh, infiltrations and exploitations of Apple products. Don't forget now there are over a billion iOS devices activated. That's a pretty big target. Oh, yeah. Huge. Yeah. So, I don't know. Other than putting your head in the sand and on a desktop computer you get Tor... But is there a tour for iOS? Is there a tour for Android? Uh, yes, you can use Tor on your Android phone, on your uh, iOS device, on your um, your PC. Tor is uh, is an you know an uh, open product. Now I did install Tor on my iMac. The only thing I notice is it's a little laggy in terms of performance. It's not as fast. Oh, yeah, Tor browser for iOS. Let's see if they have it listed. A Tor-powered web browser. They have a couple of uh, VPN browsers. Tor browser powered. Here we go. There's several of them here. And most of them are free. Some are not, but some just link to use Tor. So there's a bunch of them. So you're not locked into just using Safari on your iPhones. No. Just to let you know. That's absolutely right. And Tor is actually built on Firefox. Okay, so, so it's like... the browsing experience such that you would have is, is very similar to Firefox. Like I said, a little slower. <laughs> well, you're experiencing a little bit of latency because you're connected through four or five or six different countries. <laughs> So we understand that. All right. So there has to be a trade-off. You're getting a trade-off in performance. It's not going to work as fast. And the reason it's not going to work as fast is because it's got all these security things going on. Exactly. You're, you're, you're routed through multiple countries all over the world. And, uh, and this is how... Uh, actually, if you, if you think of uh, some of the... You know, the old hacker movies, uh, Gene, like, for example, if you think about sneakers back with uh, Robert Redford, uh, it, this was a, you know, a great one. They were um, hacking. They hacked into the NSA and they were trying to hide their steps. And so they were being uh, tracked. The NSA was tracing back to figure out where these guys were. And so, you know, the, 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 the sneakers, the hackers, the, the primary you know, characters in the movie are, you know, basically watching as the NSA is tracking them back to all of these countries, you're, you kind of now have a similar capability. You're probably, if you're connected through Tor, you're probably connected through Luxembourg and the Netherlands and Germany and France. And so if someone were trying to track it back to you physically, they would have to go through all of those countries to route back to you. So it becomes a convoluted path. And you see that in some movies, by the way where you see, oh, this guy is doing something and the hacker du jour in the TV show or movie, you see them going through all these servers around the world to find out the location of the criminal who might be five blocks down the street. 
but they're pulling that's all exactly sorts of right. stunts, and, and that's how they're doing it. But now, you, now you're one of those people, Gene. <laughs> I have no idea what kind of people I am. I know we have Dr. Timothy Summers for a couple of more segments on the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Lifetime Gray's 100% grass-fed beef has the health benefits you seek. When compared to conventional beef, it offers good fats while virtually eliminating the bad. That's the result of cattle who never eat grain, ever. Rich in antioxidants, including vitamin E, C, beta-carotene, and CLA. No artificial hormones, antibiotics, or other drugs. For all our fresh, non-cooked products with only 100% grass-fed beef, go to MidasResources.com. Use voucher code GCN to get 30% off your order. MidasResources.com or find us on Facebook. Are you retired or facing retirement and you're afraid your income is going to be less than you'd like? I'm Pharmacist Keith, Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and I want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current schedule, creating extra income that will last for years to come by joining Dr. Wallach's crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com, or call 866-257-3105 for a recorded message. Have you ever thought you'd like to flip houses but didn't know how or where to get the money? Are you ready to be your own boss so you can start living the good life? Hi, I'm Preston Neely. I used to be so broke. I had my electricity turned off nine times, but I figured out a way to quit my job and find financial freedom in real estate. For a limited time, I want to send you a free copy of my smash hit selling book, How to Get Rich in Real Estate. It shows you how to copy exactly what I did so you can make money from the comfort of your own home without even doing any manual labor. I've already given away 5,000 books and they're going fast. To get one before they're gone, call 1-800-958-6936. Listen, if you're sick and tired of stressing about money, this book could change your life. It's short, fun to read, easy to understand, and awesome. To find out how to get your free book while supplies last, call 1-800-958-6936. Call 1-800-958-6936. 1-800-958-6936. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by, making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-314-7417. 800-314-7417. That's 800-314-7417. 
Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Now, one of the things you mentioned when we were talking earlier about the WikiLeaks disclosure of CIA tools of the trade in hacking was Internet of Things. Now, we know it's not microwaves that have cameras, unless I'm missing something. <laughs> God, how could that? Well, not, not the, not the run-of-the-mill microwave that you buy from the store, that's for sure. Well, I don't know. I have this old sharp microwave that we bought at Walmart for maybe $79 eight or ten years ago, and it's got the carousel where it spins around. And it works great, but they don't advertise. Anyway, the key here is that they don't have that, but any one of these devices where you suddenly have computers and things on them, can any computerized refrigerator or washing machine suddenly become an item of hacking? If they're internet-connected, absolutely. And, uh, and sometimes even when they're not internet connected, it really depends on the amount of computational functionality that exists within the, the device itself. Many of the new appliances are internet connected and that makes them incredibly susceptible to hacking. Now, internet connected means not just in your home, but everywhere. It, it has a, a live internet connection where it's able to connect to the internet and maybe make purchases or maybe collect data or maybe send data. Um, in many cases, for example, the smart TVs are connected to your Wi-Fi and they have the ability to send out data and to receive data. Your cable box from your cable company is an Internet of Things device. It constantly sends and receives data. In fact, the cable company where I live, um, I can actually send commands to my cable box from my cell phone. Uh, that's an Internet-connected device. So any device where commands can be sent to or from uh, a device over the Internet is Internet connected. Well, of course, we all watch Netflix. So Netflix is, as you watch a show like House of Cards or Daredevil or Iron Fist, whatever it is, they are grabbing information from you about your watching habits. They know. And that exactly helps right. them, of course, decide what shows to run and, and all that. I guess you have to kind of expect that 
You expect, obviously, your cable or satellite company know what you're doing, what shows you've recorded, what shows you've played back, and what shows you just have hanging out on the DVR for a weekend when there aren't any shows to watch. They know all that. They have all those demographics of you. But at what point can it become less safe? And I'll give you an example of that. We had this complaint against Vizio, which is one of the largest makers of smart TVs, that they were capturing your information when you were using their smart TV apps. Yeah, and Vizio is a very well-known company. Uh, There's also been similar situations with Samsung and LG as well. So, okay, I buy the smart TV. I want a brand new flat panel TV. I want 4K. And it's got all these apps and all this stuff. What do I do to protect myself? Well, unfortunately, there really isn't very much that you can do to protect yourself against uh, from the vulnerabilities or potential exploitation of a smart TV. Um, I mean, not, not much short of completely disconnecting it from the Internet. But, um, but that really sort of changes the... Uh, the functionality of the television. In fact, in, in many cases, if you were to try to do that uh, on the television, the television would give you a message saying that, uh, you know, we can't guarantee the performance that you'll get from the TV. Um, so so if, you, if you buy Internet of Things devices, uh, you really are sort of locked into their functionality and capability, and, and you have to be aware of that. Okay, so we know they're watching me. We accept that. I accept that with the cable and satellite company, of course. But now that we have all these devices connected, how do we protect ourselves? Well, there are many products out there that can help you, um, you know, at least that, that I've you know, recently heard of. Uh, but I, I definitely think that the, mo- the best way to really protect yourself is, one, always uh, think twice about purchasing a new Internet of Things device. Uh, two, if you are going to purchase an Internet, an Internet of Things device, uh, such as an Amazon Echo or, uh, or Google Home or other devices that are connected to the Internet and allow you to make commands or, or send things over the Internet, you should always be aware of what that functionality is and, and be knowledgeable of the privacy settings on those devices. Um, also, if you're going to use devices like that, you should definitely be aware that of, of, of a few things. One, any of the commands that you make to those devices are going to be logged. The device usually keeps a log of those commands and in many cases sends them back to the manufacturer. So be careful what you say to the device. And two, uh, many times those devices will take a random sampling of the surrounding environment around them and, uh, and store that information and send it to the manufacturers. So not only be uh, aware and mindful of what you say to the device, but also be mindful and aware of what you say around the device. What about things like webcams on some of these devices? Now, these days, for the most part, when it comes to webcams, you know, they're integrated with your notebook computer. They're integrated with your iMac, whatever. If the manufacturer of the computer is providing them, 
Does that give you more protection than buying a third-party device? Well, you know, I would say that when it comes to webcams, uh, you should always, always be mindful of the watchful eye. And two, um, of course, as we saw with the Mirai botnet, uh, webcams have become tools in distributed denial of service attacks. So don't buy just any webcam and don't just bring any webcam into your house. Try to buy webcam or, or get webcams that are from respectable manufacturers. And two, uh, like I said earlier, try to make sure that you're mindful of the privacy settings. There are now privacy uh, slides that you can put over the camera and, and you basically slide it uh, a lens over the, a filter over the camera when you're not using it. And then you can slide the filter open when you are, when you're ready to use it. I definitely recommend taking advantage of those. Um, I, I would say that anytime you bring a device like that into your house, whether it's, whether you're directly using it or your family's using it, uh, you should definitely be mindful of the capabilities of that device. And, uh, and, and I'm not saying that you need to necessarily read every page of the technical manual, but you do need to be mindful of the fact that with a camera, for example, you're buying a camera so that other people can see you. Well, there are going to be times where you want other people to see you, but there are also going to be times where you don't want them to see you. So we have to be mindful about that with these devices. And, and that's what I would recommend. Now, traditionally with the computer webcams I've seen, there's usually some kind of light that shows you it's on. Is there a way to bypass the warning and still capture the picture? Uh, There is. There definitely is. Um, And there are hackers who are incredibly skilled and adept at doing just that. Uh, I definitely wouldn't recommend that you rely completely on uh, the visibility of that light uh, because sometimes you may not notice it. Sometimes it may not be on, uh, but the camera is still on and you just can't be sure. Well, I don't know. Thank heavens. I don't have the need to buy one of those devices. In fact, I'm not even that much into internet of things stuff. And I'll get into that in a moment in our final segment We've got Dr. Timothy Summers. He's an ethical hacker. We focus so far on the CIA hackers' tools on WikiLeaks, Internet of Things, and lots more. That means you're in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. 
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Did you know there's a new group of water contaminants with unknown health effects? These emerging contaminants lurking in your water may include prescription over-the-counter drugs and new types of herbicides and pesticides. ProPure's improved Pro1G2.0 filter meets NSF 401 standards to help reduce these emerging contaminants. To find out more, visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Nearly one-third of FBI domestic terrorism cases involve refugees. One-third. There's already been riots across Europe. Is America next? Hi, I'm the owner of Infidel Body Armor. Over the past four years, I've sold thousands of body armor kits and trained hundreds of sheepdogs. They have prepared. Have you? I invite you to go to my website at infidelbodyarmor.com and click on specials. Trouble is coming. Now do something about it. Infidelbodyarmor.com just won't quit. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. Do you feel like you're losing control over your finances? If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services and take advantage of the Fresh Start program and new laws that may allow us to negotiate a settlement for the lowest amount possible. Our team of tax attorneys and enrolled agents can stop collections and get you protected so you can take control of your financial future. Tax Mediation Services is accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Call now for a free case review and a price protection guaranteed quote. Call Tax Mediation Services now at 800-615-7709. That's 800-615-7709. 800-615-7709. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So, our final segment with Dr. Timothy Summers. 
ethical hacker talking about ways to protect yourself so that you have an extra measure of privacy that Big Brother is not going to be watching you. Unless, you know, you draw attention to yourself. Now, isn't that also an important point here that two things might happen in terms of looking into what you're doing? One is just people who want quantity over quality. They'll get as many intrusions as possible, hoping that they can sell some or they'll have some value. But also, they'll look into places or people that have some kind of notoriety because they'll have more value. Well, there's definitely some truth to that. Um, Of course, people who are well-known, there may be a perceived value there. But I definitely think that it's a mistake to presume that no one's interested in you because you're not a well-known person. In fact, one thing that I constantly tell companies, I ask them, I say, well, do you, who do you think is more vulnerable? A company that's a really large company that's well-known in a major city or a small business that no one has ever really heard of other than people in the immediate community in some small town and, you know, in a southern state. They always say, oh, well, the bigger company, of course, when in fact the smaller company, the small business is much more vulnerable and two, much more desirable for a hacker because they are lower hanging fruit. And in fact, a hacker, a malicious hacker could have infiltrated a small business in some town in Alabama much easier and much longer than trying to hack into some major corporation that has, you know, is spending hundreds of millions of dollars a year on cybersecurity. So I would say the same thing for people. There definitely is no guarantee at all that famous people or more well-known people are any more susceptible than someone who's just a regular Joe. So the point being here is you assume the low-hanging fruit, the small business, they're not taking the measures to protect themselves. So it's easier for them to come up. They're more vulnerable than somebody who is famous because you assume someone who's famous is taking those measures unless you're Jennifer Lawrence or something. Well, I would say that they're about equally vulnerable. Not all famous people take security very seriously. And uh, not all, you know, everyday citizens take security very seriously. So I would actually say that they're about equal. You know, from what you say, I think unless someone really needs an Internet-connected device in their homes, don't bother. Is it really worth the possible risk? Well, (laughs) yeah, and, and, and that's the question that you have to ask yourself is, is it worth the risk to bring these devices in your home? I say no. I say that it's not. But, you know, of course, when it's Christmas time and there are many new gifts to be purchased, the Internet of Things devices seem to be incredibly popular, Gene. Well, I don't know. I don't really need an Internet of Things washer, dryer, refrigerator, or toaster oven, or whatever they have there. I don't want my oven to start working or my wash to start washing when I'm not at home and controlling the process, because what if something goes wrong? I agree with you 100%. What if something happens? You know, what if someone's able to get in? The way that I look at it is the more of those devices that you purchase, uh, the larger your attack surface is. I don't want my attack surface any larger. It's big enough as it is. Now, of course, you're not going to find out too much about Dr. Timothy Summers, because I assume you have so many protections on your system. You have an armed guard is required to find you. I 
try not to leave too many things to chance, but, uh, you know, we're all vulnerable in some way, shape or form, but I do invest quite heavily in security. Obviously you're not going to tell us a lot, but have you ever been hacked? I mean, you've got to be a target, somebody known in the industry. I was hacked when I was 13 and, uh, that was one of my, actually it was one of the incidents that got me into hacking in the first place. But uh, I, I never try to take anything for granted, and uh, I don't make any assumptions. But, um, but everyone is hackable. The question is, uh, it's, it's really just like they say about running away from the bear, right? You don't have to be the fastest. You just have to be faster than the slowest person. <laughs> I know about running away from the bear, but you said you were hacked at 13. Can you tell us anything about yeah. it? Yeah, you know, it was it was actually quite a fantastic experience. The uh, the hacker, I got into a, an argument with a hacker online, and you know, we we're two hackers just uh, disagreeing with each other, and and we were young kids, and and uh, the guy sent me a well, at the time it was referred to as a Deltry virus because it uh, ran a command, a Deltry command, which basically deletes every file in a tree. So if you think about a directory of files and you think about your C drive, we all know that our C drive is where all of our files exist. And the Deltry command allowed you to essentially delete every file in the C tree. And uh, while it was deleting every file on my computer, it also showed me a video of what looked like, uh, if you've ever watched... Mythbusters or any sort of show or where they, they exhibit someone sneezing and they show the, the particles floating through the air. Well, this video showed me these sort of particles, like saliva-like particles, floating around a computer and destroying everything that it touched. So on, uh, on, the, on one part of the screen, I'm seeing this, uh, these particles float through this computer and destroying everything. On the other side of the screen, I'm watching every file on my computer be deleted. And uh, it was a stroke of genius because I, you know, it, it um, was one of the more sophisticated viruses that I'd ever seen. It was quite simple, but quite sophisticated at the same time. And uh, it encouraged me to learn how to, uh, how to do that. <laughs> now, you knew the person who did this. I did. I did. We, uh, we, we were friends and uh, then we'd gotten into an argument online and that was his way of, uh, of getting back at me. Did you ever make up with him or what? Uh, you know, we did, but uh, we ended up joining different groups after that. I mean, at the time, we were very much into being a part of different hacker groups. You know, at, at, for us, I mean, at the time, it wasn't about crime groups. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't about cybercrime the way that we think of cybercrime today. I would really make it uh, say it's, it was more akin to, you know, imagine the way people are about being in car clubs. You know, people are getting together and they're talking about what kinds of hacks they've done on their car and, and things, that, you know, other ways that they figured out how to get, you know, better gas mileage out of their cars and things like that. Uh, it was sort of similar to that because you, you get in a group and you talk about what computer you had and what kind of modifications you've made and what software, you know, you've been working on or, or any code that you'd have written uh, recently. Maybe so you found some more efficient ways to make things happen. Maybe you wrote a, some software that was a worm or a virus. And really, you know, you might send it to people like that guy sent, uh, sent that one virus to me. 
but it wasn't with the idea of stealing money or stealing identities or, but it was really more so for, you know, for pranks and, and, and playing jokes on each other. So it was, a, it was a very interesting time and uh, I learned a lot and it's really uh, been a huge part of what makes me the ethical hacker that I am today. Where can we find more information about what you do? You can find more information about me uh, at summersco.us or www.howhackersthink.com. You can also find me on Twitter at howhackersthink and at the University of Maryland College of Information Studies, Maryland's iSchool. You can find me there as well. You can find us on Twitter. Look for Tech Night Owl. Look for Gene Steinberg on Facebook. Look for our second radio show, The Paracast, at paracast.com this week. We feature Ray Stanford remembering some of the really wacky characters of years ago who claimed they contacted Venusians. Paracast.com. Also, if you want to support the Tech Night Owl Live, join up Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com. For $1.49 a week, $4.99 a month, etc. You get the commercial-free version of this show, better quality audio and more. We'd love you to join up. The best way to support this show, try plus, P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com, plus dot Tim Summers, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.